Hi, it's great to be here and um, I don't know, I just, you know, I, I was in Christchurch during the earthquake, so my experience was, it's kind of surprisingly the one thing that you actually need is a really good understanding of God. And because when crisis happened, when bad things happen, people's heads go to all kinds of spaces, like where's God, what's he doing, is he angry, is he judging? And it's like, we actually need a solid foundation that no, I know who my God is, and I'm comfortable, uh, and, I'm, and I find comfort in that, and I'm comfortable with my understanding. It hasn't kind of thrown me and rocked me. So t today I want to talk about a, a topic, the compassion of God. And um, I've talked in a previous message about kindness, about the most important things in times of crisis is our default understanding of God, because that kind of comes to the surface. And again, in, in this uh, times of kind of crisis, struggle, being stuck at home, it's like, what bubbles up about what you really believe about God, what He really what He feels about you, what He believes about you? I mentioned before uh, a guy, A.W. Tales, said this, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And I wonder now, like, what are you thinking about God? What do you think God's like? Where do you think God is present? Uh, he, the guy went on to say this, for this reason, the gravest question before the church is always God himself. And the most portentous fact about any person is not what he at a given time may say or do, but what he in his deep heart conceives God to be like. And I pray this morning that you are deeply encouraged that God is a God of compassion. I don't know what situation you're in. I don't know how hard it's got with struggle. But I want to tell you this morning that the God of the Bible and the God that we serve, the God that we know, the God that we love and who loves us, He's a God of compassion. Yeah. And, and it's important to know that for your comfort, but the guy tells it goes on to say this, we tend by a secret law of the soul to move towards our mental image of God. And so again, if you know that God is a God of compassion, you're going to become a more compassionate person. You're probably going to be a nicer person to be at home with in these next few days. So I, I just want to talk about this and show you again from the Bible. Like, this is really important in the Bible. Our God is a God of compassion. Um, some of you know it might sound an odd place to start, but there's a, there's a book in the Bible called the book of Jonah. It's kind of like the slapstick comedy uh, book of the Bible. It's a kind of crazy book about this prophet who um, he's kind of like God tells him to go this way and speak to their nation's uh, enemies and announce kind of God's going to destroy the enemies. You think anyone would be real excited, but he suddenly goes and he runs off the other way. And it's like, what's he doing? And we don't, we aren't told what he's doing. And then if you know the story, he gets in a storm in a boat. Um, they throw him into the sea, he gets swallowed by a big fish. The fish kind of vomits him up on the beach. He finally reluctantly goes to announce this judgment on the city and the people respond to the message and they all get converted and they all get saved and it's wonderful and revival breaks out. And, and this is where Jonah chapter four, verse one, if you've got a Bible, this is what it says. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. And verse two, he prayed to the Lord, Oh Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? This is why I was so quick to flee. He's like, this is why I ran away. And he goes this, I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in love, a God who relents from calamity. He's like, I knew you didn't really want to destroy people. I knew that you would back out of this. I knew that you would change your mind. Why? Because I know what you're like. And I know that in your heart, you're a God of grace and compassion. 
And, and it's, you know, he's a prophet of God, so he knows the heart of God. It's unfortunate that so many people who kind of think they're prophetic because kind of, they're harsh or critical. It's no, no. If you, if you know the heart of God, you've got to know he's gracious and compassionate. You've got to be sending that message into your world. Yeah. And so, I, and, and, and it's like, this is really foundation. Jonah's like, no, I know you. And I know that you're not a God who wants to destroy people because I know that you're gracious and compassionate. And you go, well, where did Jonah get this from? And he's, he's actually quoting from a passage that's found in Exodus 34, which again is another really significant passage that Moses led the people of Israel out of bondage and, and, and he's uh, meeting with God. And then he says this to God, he's like, God, I want to see your glory. Yeah. Like, I want to know the, the glorious thing about you. I want to encounter you in, your, in all that you are. And verse 6, God just, it says this, And God passed in front of Moses and proclaimed this, The Lord, the Lord, this, the compassionate and gracious God, yeah. slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin, yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. And we kind of jump to that last bit. I don't have time to deal with that, but like that's one out of eight things. The other seven are all, the first thing that you want to say about God is, God, you are compassionate and you are gracious. In fact, this is the real thing. That's the first thing God wants to say about himself to Moses. Moses, you want to see my glory? Here's the most glorious thing you can know. Moses, I'm a compassionate God. And, and, and Jonah is actually quoting from this passage. And it's like, you know, often people are like, oh, in the Old Testament, God's got a wrath and judgment. In the New Testament, he's, you know, he's got a grace. Like, no, no, no. This is the heart of the revelation of God in the Old Testament. God, you are a God of compassion. You know, and just jumping ahead on you, what does this mean for your home? What does this mean for your life? What does this mean for your community? That you're going to factor in, my God is a God of compassion. My God is here in compassion. My God feels what we're going through. He's concerned about it and he wants to step in because he's gracious and compassionate. Um, this, there's a book uh, a guy, John Mark Comer, has written about this passage. He's, he's called it, the title is God Has a Name. And this is what he says. Now, maybe you've read this passage before in passing, or maybe it doesn't ring a bell. But he says this, but this passage is central to the story of the Bible. Wow. Like people, you go, oh, what about this? What about this? When God? No, no, major on the majors. This is the important thing when God says, Moses, you want to know my character? This is what I'm like. Right. The wow. first thing that I want to say about myself is I am a God of compassion. Um, John Mark Comer goes on to say, the rabbis made a huge deal out of it. In Jewish culture, it's called the 13 attributes of mercy. And Orthodox Jews pray it on holy days like Yom Kippur before the reading of the Torah and at the synagogue. And he says this, it's this beautiful kind of funny phrase. He says, it's like the John 3:16 of Judaism. This is the, vo this is the verse of hope. Uh, and he goes on to say, if you spend any time in the church, I... I'm sure you know John 3.16, like the back of your hand, for God, so, for God so loved the world. But oddly enough, little or nothing is said in most churches about Exodus 34.6-7. And then he says this, even though it's quite possibly the most quoted passage in the Bible by the Bible. So this is like the foundational passage. Jonah picked it up, but lots of other people pick it up as like, you want to know something about God? This is the first thing you want to say. Before judgment, wrath, holiness, righteousness, all that, you want to say this, God, you are a God of compassion. You are compassionate and gracious. 
So there's a whole lot of a whole lot of passages where they pull these together. Just some examples. Psalm 86, verse 15. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. He's quoting Exodus 34. Psalm 103, verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and, by, and abounding in love. Psalm 111, verse 4. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. Psalm 145, verse 8. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. Like this was the theme of their songs. We want to sing about our God. What are we going to say about him? God, you are compassionate and gracious. God, you are compassionate and gracious. It's like, till it got into the core of their being. God, you are compassionate. God, you are a God of compassion. When you look at pain, when you look at brokenness, your heart moves towards people. You know, and again, I say, I don't know what your situation is, but wherever you're struggling, God's heart moves towards you in compassion today. And he wants to meet you at the point of your need out of his heart of compassion. You know, we believe that Jesus came as the full revelation of God. And so it's not surprising that often it says he acted out of compassion. So again, Matthew 9.36, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Matthew 14, verse 14, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed his sick, healed their sick. Matthew 15.32, Jesus called the disciples and said, I have compassion for these people. They've already been with me for three days. They have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. That's the kind of headspace God has. He understands a need. He thinks about people's vulnerability. He feels for this situation they're in and he wants to respond to them. You know, Matthew 20, 34, Jesus had compassion on them. These are blind guys and he touched their eyes and immediately they received their sign and followed him. Jesus operated out of compassion. Why? Well, because we believe he was divine and God is a God of compassion. I I just, I pray today you can be encouraged and get some download kind of revelation. God actually feels my pain and he's with me in all my challenges and struggles. He's a, he's a really nice God. He's a lovely God. He's kind and compassionate. You know, there's a, um, it's interesting, these words in Hebrew, the word for um, compassion actually comes from the word for a womb, a woman's womb, i.e. the place of tender care. It's to respond out of this place of tender care. In the Greek, it's from the kind of deep innards, guts. It's that um, uh, Shane Willard often talks about the splunkna. Sounds like this real gutsy kind of word. It's this place of deep visceral. It's not a head concept. It's not even here. It's like the, it's something deep down in here that just comes out and has to respond to people at their point of brokenness and need. Do you believe God is that deeply moved by your plight, that deeply moved by your struggles, that deeply moved by your situation? Because do you know what we said? The first thing God wants to say about himself is this. I'm a God of compassion. I have a heart that's moved, that's tender, that's soft towards you at your point of need. You know, it's interesting, uh, Jesus told a lot of parables. Two of the most famous ones are the parable of the Good Samaritan and the parable of the prodigal son. They're kind of the two sides of pictures of reaching into our world. You know, the parable of the Good Samaritan is about someone who's broken and hurting and the Good Samaritan just reaches out to him and helps him. The parable of the prodigal son is about someone who's lost spiritually and comes home. It's like the, the spiritual and the, and the material going together. Do you know what? In both parables, there's a pivot point. 
And, and have a listen to where the pivot point is. Luke 10, 33 to 34, the Good Samaritan. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, the man who'd been beaten up, and when he saw him, he had compassion. And then he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The pivot point was a, this gut reaction of feeling this guy's pain and make it like, I've got to do something. I've got to do something to help him. It's like, that's compassion. Luke 15 is the story of the prodigal son. If you know the story that the... Um, younger brother runs away from home, loses all their money, gets in a terrible plight, comes to his senses, comes home. Luke 15 verse 20. So he got up and went to his father. It says this, but while he was a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Do you, do you see both, whether it's physical brokenness, spiritual brokenness, the common factor is compassion yeah. that leads to action to meet those people at their yeah. point of their need. To the person who's broken and lost, let me help you, let me heal you. To the person who's spiritually been lost, let me embrace you and welcome you home. But both of them come out of compassion. Man, we, we if you're a follower of Jesus, we have a faith that is all about compassion. Yeah. I don't know where people... People get off her all about it. it's all judgment and all this. It's like we serve a God of compassion. We follow a Jesus of compassion and we're called the intersection of us with our world is the point of compassion. And so again, you know, jumping head to ground, I wonder where if you would allow the compassion of God to touch your heart, I wonder what you would be moved to do to those in your world right now to meet their need, to show them love, to show them mercy, to kind of bind up the brokenhearted, to, to, just, to just be there at the point of their need. Why? Because you feel it so deeply in your being that I just want to care and nurture and kind of take away some of the pain. You know, because of this, it's not surprising then that the Apostle Paul, when he comes to talk about what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? I mean, what do you think he's going to say if God's a God of compassion? If Jesus is a God of compassion, if he taught us that his kingdom works through compassion, he's going to say, guys, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, come on, be compassionate. Be, and, uh, you know, and again, I wonder what would that mean now in the situation you're in, maybe frustrated, maybe disappointed. What would it mean for God to come alongside you and say, come on, feel something of my compassion. Feel it for yourself, but now feel it for the people around you. So Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says this famous thing, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. I don't know what you think grieving the Spirit means, but he then goes on to say, well, don't do these things because they're going to grieve him. Verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander. But verse 32, here's his positive thing. Be kind and compassionate because that's what attracts the present. If God the Father is a God of compassion, if Jesus is... Uh, the Son is a, is a God of compassion. Well, guess what the Holy Spirit is? He's a God of compassion. And so He's going to be attracted to environments where kindness and compassion is being expressed. He's going to be grieved in environments where kindness and compassion are absence, when instead there's anger and brawling and slander and bitterness and rage. He's like, I, it grieves His heart and He lifts away. It's like, man, I want to host the presence of God which means I want to learn to walk in the kindness and the compassion of God in whatever place. And, and I'm just I'm going to become aware of God's presence here because He's going to love being in that kind of space. 
and being in that kind of atmosphere. Colossians again, three, therefore as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves, listen to what he says, with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Man, who needs some of that right now? Compassion, just feeling people's frustration and pain. Kindness, just trying to be gentle to people. Humility, it's not all about what I want. Gentleness, not being harsh with people, just trying to dial down the volume and the intensity. And patience, just putting up with people. Like this is where the rubber hits the road, eh? As God, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Oh, we're gonna go and save the world. Yeah, okay, great. But Paul's like that. As God's chosen people, put on compassion, put on kindness, put on humility, put on gentleness, and put on patience. Bear with each other, forgive one another. And over all these virtues, put on love. It's like, man, this is probably a challenging environment for us all to think, man, God, I just, I need a fresh revelation of your compassion because you want to be here for my family. You don't want me to be the annoying, grumpy person. You want me to show compassion because I want to show Jesus to them. I want to show God to them. So I want to represent compassion. There's there's probably one of the most kind of mind-blowing stories in the Bible about compassion is found uh, a prophet, the prophet Hosea. And, um, you know, prophets usually just got to say things, but sometimes they were called to act things out prophetically. And Hosea probably had the hardest job of anyone in the Bible. Hosea chapter 1 verse 2 says this, When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her, for like an adulterous wife this land is guilty of unfaithfulness. So do you get that? God's like, Hosea, I want you to go and marry someone who's going to be unfaithful to you because I'm calling you to model prophetically what people are like with me. Like, oh my goodness. Like, what an assignment. So chapter three, uh, this is all played out. He's married her, they've had kids. She's, she's committed adultery, but not only that, she's ended up as a prostitute. But not only that, she's got so destitute, she's ended up selling herself into slave. She's a slave prostitute. She's now for sale in the market as a prostitute. And, and in chapter 3, God comes to Hosea and he says this, Go and show your love to your wife again, though she is loved by another man and, and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites. It's like, Hosea, I want you to model, like, can you get this? I, I want you to look at this woman who has broken your heart, and I want you to feel compassion for her plight. And I want you to go and meet her at her point of need, and I want you to set her free. So, oh, why? Because that's what I'm like. Hosea, I want you to show to Israel what I'm like. And you see this played out actually in chapter 11, where God's kind of just, he's just so heartbroken with what's happened. And he's like, when Israel was a child, I loved them. Out of Egypt, I called my son. But the more they called, the more they went away from me. He's just like, I just wanted relationship. I just loved you, but you, but you kept leaving me. And, and it was like verse 3. So this is the metaphor like a little child. It was I who taught Ephraim to walk, taking them by the arms. They didn't realize it was I who healed them. Verse 4, I led them with cords of human kindness and ties of love. To them, I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek. I bent down to feet. He's like, I just loved on you, but you weren't interested. 
And so it's like, there's, con- there's like, man, there's consequences to this. So verse five, will they not return to Egypt? Will not Assyria rule over them? Because they refuse to repent. Like a sword's gonna, like this bad stuff is gonna happen. I just wanted to love on them because my compassion, but they have made some choices and some stuff's gonna happen. And, and, and then at verse eight, there's, this is the most, I think some of the most amazing verses in the Bible got you see just this wrestling in the heart of God. And, he get, and verse eight, he says, how can I give you up? How can I hand you over Israel? How can I treat you like these other people? And, th- and then he says this, my heart has changed within me or my compassion is aroused. I will not carry it out. He's like, I can't do it. At the ultimate point, when you push me to the limit and you've broken my heart and, and, and I should just walk away from you, I can't do it. Because my compassion has been aroused. I actually, for everything that you've done, I just feel for you in your pain. And I feel for you in your struggles. And, and, I, and I, I, can't, I can't do it. I can't walk away. And, and the reason actually is interesting in verse 9 I will not carry out my fierce anger, this, for I am God and not a man, the Holy One. People often like, oh, God's holy, God's, that just means his, his compassion is so far above ours. It wasn't like, oh, I'll be compassionate in spite of being God. No, I'm, I can't not be compassionate because I am God. And so Hosea's taken this revelation of Moses to another level, like the, f- the first thing, the foundational thing that you want to say about God is, I am a God of compassion. And I just feel like maybe there's some people today, like you're sitting there like, man, I need a revelation of that because I'm a bit over some stuff. I need to feel God's compassion for me, but I need to feel God's compassion for the people in my world. So just to kind of think, I mean, I wonder who in your world, you know, we often say, ask God for a name, who, who, who's someone that's uh, close to you but far from God. I wonder if you'd be willing to kind of open your heart to God and say, God, who in my world are you feeling real compassion for now? Like to you, they might just be the grumpy one, but God say, no, no, I see what's really going on in their heart and I feel for them. Like, can't you see past the gruffness? Can't you see past their struggles? They're actually really struggling. I feel compassion for them. Would you feel compassion for them? You know, one of the lessons we learn in times of stress and stuff is people handle grief and loss and stress in lots of ways. Some people disappear. Some people just go a bit crazy. Some people get grumpy. I mean, could you see, could you, could you feel the compassion of God and see past people's actions and kind of go, man, God feels for them. It's hard. God feels for them and he invites you to feel for them. And so I just really want to encourage you. Can you feel God's compassion towards whatever your struggles are? But can you feel God's compassion for those in your world? Maybe someone pops into your mind. How about messaging them? How about having a Zoom conversation with them? Maybe they're just struggling. Maybe they kind of, you know, you reached out for them. They weren't interested. Maybe God just shows you, no, no, they're struggling. You need to, you need to persevere. Don't accept yeah. no. Yeah. Right, just reach out again. Maybe there's some active encouragement. Hey, I haven't seen you for a few weeks. Just want you to know, man, you're a legend at work. Really appreciate you. What about just sending a little message or something to encourage them? What about a practical act of helping? Like maybe they need some food. Maybe, maybe they, I don't know. What could you do to help someone? 
But like the Good Samaritan, like the father of the prodigal son, if you would allow God to move you at the core of your being, you'll reach out and you'll touch people at whatever their point of need, and you'll minister to them out of the compassion of God. You know, Jesus, um, he just, he gave this beautiful picture I just want to finish with. He was standing in front of Jerusalem like they weren't interested in him. And he just kind of wept and lamented. He's like, this is Matthew 23, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stone those are sent to you. And he just says this, How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you weren't willing. Well, it's like an incredibly vulnerable, tender picture of God. What's God like? Just a mother hen that just wants to gather. Little chicks that are just afraid, that are lost. I just want to gather them. That at the core of my being, I'm not angry, I'm not judging. I just want to gather people. But sometimes people aren't willing to be gathered. And so I want to say this morning, I don't know what situation you're in, but the heart of Jesus is, this is his words, not mine. He's like a mother hen that just wants to take you under his wing. Because he just wants to protect you. He wants to care for you. He wants to nourish you. Why? Because he's a God of compassion. I don't know about you, but I want to reach out and encounter the God of compassion. I want to encounter the God who says to me, the first thing I want you to know about me is I'm a God of compassion. That Jesus is the revelation of compassion. And whatever you need, I move towards you with compassion.